Innovation is in our veins. Soon the whole world will know our names. Sharing our knowledge and freedom reign. We give for the people, you know it's our way. Setting foundations is part of the dream. It doesn't matter if you're new to the game. Listen up now, cause we all gonna say. Ugh. Elevate, 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 higher, elevate, 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 higher. We gon' rise up, we all gon' shine. Work through adversity, stay on the grind. Elevate, elevate, this is our time. Elevate, elevate. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, everyone. It's so good to see all of you one more time. Tonight, we are on, obviously, myself and Daltarino. Me, Daltarino's live. You know, you know that's, I think that's kind of the professional way to address your name. That's just me, though. Yeah. Really <laughs> going to change it, actually. Yeah, actually, so that's so we're going to go with uh, Daltarino as we continue on tonight. Yeah. And uh, obviously, if you tuned in last week, which we really appreciate you did, uh, we're talking about rent control and all the craziness that's been coming with that, specifically here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. The follow-up, the government enacted it today. Oh, did they actually? Yeah, they enacted a bit of rent control just for the pandemic today. Wild. So, okay. Well, we need to yeah. we need to get into that a little bit. All right. So, what happened? Uh, based on what you've read, what happened today? So, not. I mean, nothing really that would impact me too heavily personally, but it's basically until February of 2022. Um, rents cannot be raised more than 2% annually, effectively the, the rate of inflation. Right. Um, and then you are not allowed to do what's called a rent eviction, which is when you evict people to renovate. Right. Um, that's a good so point. So really that's, that's the only changes. Mm. Um, and they're not, as of right now, they're not permanent. They're just temporary. Right. That's interesting. So two percent. So we shall see what that means. Yeah, two percent. Yeah, annually. Um, which is, you know, I think that's still a fair increase. You know, it's, it's the rate of inflation. So in terms of a business, that should cover you. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're greedy, well, then of course you want more. But of course, I mean, we uh, all we all want more, don't we? <laughs> we all do. Yeah, I get it. But totally. well, that's a, I, uh, that's encouraging. No, at least, at I, least you know what? Yeah. I'm not even that. I think that's a very responsible thing to do right now, especially like where we are entering a time where people are like, there's some job loss over the last couple of days specifically. I think it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it is. I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I think it is the right thing to do, especially as crazy things are. There would be nothing worse than to lose your job plus get evicted because they need to do renovations um, to yeah. skyrocket your rent. Like, imagine that. Yeah. And that's just it. It's like what I find funny is that they didn't um they didn't ban um evicting people during COVID in like the last time around you weren't allowed to evict anyone during COVID. Um mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they are kind of still going with allowing evictions for debt, like if you have rental arrears. Right. To me, I thought that maybe they would ban all evictions again for a little bit, so I'm surprised they didn't do that, to be quite honest. Right. That's totally yeah. fair. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so it turns out a week later from our chat, something actually did happen. Yeah, <laughs> something actually moved, and obviously a lot of different things moving this week, obviously with the uh, real spikes going on here now. Things have gotten real spicy. Yeah. Yeah, they did, definitely. Yeah, so that just kind of hits the point back to why we are in our homes and you are i'm coming to you at least on the on if you're watching on youtube uh you i'm currently in my room and you can see all the beautiful things on uh, behind me 
And uh, yeah, so that now that's why we're in a separate, again, separated, we're good to go. But tonight we are going to get into some design stuff, but mainly some, um, maybe not so much specifically design, but more so the business side of being a designer or being a creative. Because that's right. like the one thing that creatives are really weak in is business sense. Right. Like and they're really good at their field, but running a business maybe is a bit differently. Exactly. Because it does, it kind of, it kind of triggers a different part of your brain, right? You know, creatives are more left side and then kind of the business side of things is kind of more operating on the right side of your brain is from what I understand at least. Absolutely. So they are in a lot of ways in conflict with each other. And um, so I can understand why a lot of creatives would not be good in business because they are just totally different uh, ball games. And yeah, so I totally hear people on that. Absolutely. But I wanted to get into it because I want to help creatives make money because there's nothing better than making money doing something you love. Absolutely. And I think it's passing on the knowledge of, you know, learning to know maybe if you are getting like played or what's a good business deal or what makes good business sense. So I think, you know, you've had some great experience in that. So passing that along actually is extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to get into it a little bit tonight and uh, I'll kind of act you know, treat you as kind of the interviewer tonight, Dalton. So you hear anything you want to ask questions on, you want to go deeper on, please. It is all you. All right. But uh, I might interrupt. Don't, don't take that as me being rude. It's just a small brain. No, it's okay, (laughs) man. I mean, I'll get like a little offended, but it's all good. You know, (laughs) (laughs) no. So the main thing I want to get into tonight was value-based pricing versus hourly based pricing. And Perfect. They're pretty spicy. I mean, it's a spicy topic, you know, but the one thing is it's so interesting because that's just kind of how the in general, when it comes to business and doing design work or doing any type of creative work, a lot of the times it is based on like people give an hourly rate. Like that's, you know, it's almost the first question people ask you when they want a project from you is like, hey, what's your hourly rate? They want to know if they can afford you this at the other. Right. And uh, I knew for myself when I first started depth. Like that's the one thing I wanted to get away from because I didn't want to deal with tracking hours because that's trash and so annoying and it just like adds more work to the project when it really doesn't shouldn't be there. So my real motivation totally. from getting away from hourly, uh, giving hourly rate oh, a rate is because I definitely didn't want to track any more hours, and I didn't want to put weird pressure on the project for myself and for the client. Absolutely, I think that's a big one right there is because. You might have a client who might want to rush things, right? Have you ever experienced that? Like, have you ever done hourly pricing? I guess. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, is that okay? So, has there ever been pressure from clients to like speed it up because they know it'll end up costing them less? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Right. And in turn, I think that will put pressure on you as a designer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of puts a weird pressure yeah. on you, and it's it's weird, right? Because if you do it quickly and you do it efficiently and you do it well, I'm getting penalized for being good at my craft. Right. You know, and I think that's kind of trash. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, this is my hourly rate. Um, but I, you know, for anybody else, if you go to anybody else, it's going to take them 25 hours, but it'll take me 10 hours. But I, but you're going to get a cheaper cost because I did it quickly or more, more quickly and more efficiently and you got it faster. Right. So that's kind of annoying, right? And so this, these are the part of the things that were going through my mind when I first started out. Because I definitely just... I also was thinking on the side of the client too, where I'd seen, I've been kind of around enough where I would see hourly pricing go bad really quickly. 
And what I mean is, you know, what would happen is like a company will give or or a designer or whatever will give an estimate of how much the project will cost, you know, and the client kind of has a rough idea of like, this is what we want to do, this is what we want to accomplish. And then the designer would be like, okay, that will, you know, take probably 100 hours. And our hourly rate of say $80, you're looking at, that's for $8,000. Doing the math right there. That seems about right, yeah. Um, and so it's like, okay, so yeah, it'll be roughly $8,000. And so the project goes on and some things come up and, you know, things take longer than you expected. And, you know, before you know it, we estimate $8,000, but now the project's done and it actually costs it close to 11000 so as yeah. a client, how are you feeling, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, well, you told me this and now it's this. So mm. all, all of a sudden I'm upset. Exactly. And now like you've created a moment where there's anger, frustration, uh, people are upset. And now you've kind of upset the relationship between the client and the designer. All because of hourly yeah. based pricing, which is really frustrating. Like you have a $3,000 difference because things came up you weren't anticipating. And so yeah. it's kind of frustrating. And so this is actually kind of goes back to something I posted a few weeks ago, um, actually probably closer to a month ago, when I was asking people, like, how would you feel if you went to a store and you bought boots for, you know, you saw the price tag at $400 and then you got it to the, the counter and they're just like, actually, no, it's actually $800. You know, people, Right, I do remember this analogy, yeah. Exactly, and people are going to be upset about that. It's dumb. It's like, actually, okay, I'm not buying it then. I'm giving it back. It's like, see, I wanted it for $400 and now you're telling me it's 800. That's kind of trash. Yeah. Like this is a, and that's kind of the same thing that happens in the realm of doing creative work is you give an hourly rate. It actually could take longer than you anticipated or estimated. And so you're two things are going to happen, right? Either you're going to charge the client the extra time and they're not going to be happy or yourself as the creative are going to eat the hours that it took longer to, and now you're going to be bitter and frustrated and you probably don't want to work with the client ever again. Yeah. So do I find like hourly based pricing actually creates a lot of problems versus value based is very interesting because it opens up a whole other different conversation, right? So I'll ask you Dalton, when, when you hear value based pricing, like what do you think of? Yeah. So I was, I was just going to ask you to explain value based pricing, but I guess we'll, we'll go over it this way. I'll give you what I think it is. Yeah. Um, so let's say, for example, I came to you and I, I was like, I want X built mm-hmm. or design rather. Um, I think then on your end, you would go look at the resources that you need, be it time, you know, extra contractors, whatever, you know, then build up a price for the project and, and then build it that way all at the beginning rather than say, I'm going to track my hours to see how long it takes. You're going to say based on my time, my resources, et cetera, this is the price. All right. That's actually great. I appreciate you going into that. Um, You know, there's some depth to that. And there's some like, I think that's actually a great place to start from. But what I've learned is actually I don't even look at myself anymore and how long it's going to take me. The first thing I'll ask, and this is kind of where the value-based pricing model comes in, is you you figure out what you're going to build for the client and how much they're expecting to get in revenue from this build. Oh. So, you know what? Let's have some fun, Dalton. I'm down for some fun. Do you want to do some role-playing with me? Want to do some role-playing? Sure thing. 
All right, cool. Sure so you're the, you're the client. You're coming to me, and you got a project, and uh, and I'll be me. <laughs> All right. So I'll come and I'll say, Josh, I am looking to have a website for my um, new product. It's a physical, tangible product that I'm looking to sell. Like currently, we have a market through. My uh, Instagram, Twitter, but we're looking to take it to e-commerce. Is this a design that you are able to, you know, work on with us? Oh, that's huge, man. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, we always love when people go to e-commerce. You know, those are always fun. I'm excited that you guys are kind of taking that step forward. But um, I, it's something I would definitely like to work on with you. I like your brand. I like what you're doing. Um, what do you, how much time, like, what's your kind of your budget you're looking at for this? Um, so right now we haven't really been looking around much. Um, there's certainly money that we are, you know, allocating towards our digital presence. Um, but let's say, you know, just if we're talking numbers very quickly that we've got, um, you know, $15,000 ready to allocate towards this project. Nice. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, no, I appreciate that. What's uh, how are things going uh, business wise for you guys? Like, obviously, you guys are expanding, which is awesome. Um, yeah. So, are you guys getting some big clients coming in, or like a lot of people are buying in mass? Like, what's happening there? Yeah. So right now, we're definitely like a direct to consumer model. We're not really um, selling much to big companies like Walmart for resale or Target for resale, but we definitely are more uh, direct to consumer. So sales have been good right now, like through our channels that we currently um, utilize, we're pulling annually, you know, 50 to $60,000 a year. So very much like I would say small business. Um, and we're just sort of uh, looking at what a, a website and a direct um, presence like that can do where we can manage the cost on, credit card processing, offer our own solutions, and then use the website to help expand to channels like brick and mortar stores. Mm. No, I see. That's actually, that's awesome. That's exciting. So I guess kind of moving forward with this model, this website, you know, obviously there's going to be, you're looking to increase some sales, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. What, what, what's kind of your goal? What's your revenue goal? What do you want to, um, how do you want to expand and how do you want to grow and how do you want to, you know, what are you expecting to, to come in money wise from this redesign or this new website? I think, I think what's fair right now is based on the numbers here. So, um, let's see. Uh, so yeah, I think we're definitely interested to see like two to two and a half times in sales. Mm -hmm. um, over our current channels based on moving, you know, maybe even closer to the three times mark would be great. Um, just where we hope to utilize the website. Um, like I said, to get this into stores and put it direct to consumers hands in other ways than just selling on marketplaces or, um, Etsy or places like that. Nice. Nice. I think that's awesome. So you're looking kind of on the high end, it's going to be about 150,000. Um, but kind of say with say split the difference, you're looking to kind of add another hundred thousand dollars on a yearly basis. Yeah, yeah, I think if we can continually do something to to generate that boost in income, that's that's sort of what we're looking for. Totally, no, I totally that makes a lot of sense. So I think if you want to be able to accomplish that, like you know, if you 
you were to kind of go out in the world and you, you were going to the stock market and you wanted to get a hundred thousand dollars back on, you know, your investment, what do you think would be uh, kind of a, or any type of investment that you want to get a hundred thousand dollars back on? What do you think would be a, a percentage of how much of that, or give, give me a percentage of how much of that you would want to invest to be able to get a hundred grand or think it's fair. Um, that's a good question. Um, I guess I haven't really considered the percentage of something like that, that I would want, like want to invest to, to get there. Um, but I feel like investing, you know, 20% would make sense, right? 20% of what you've got to see returns at 50, 60% higher kind of seems like a good bargain, right? A good deal. Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. Is there is there some cases that you've dealt with in the past? Is my number way off? No, I think we're kind of spot on. I was kind of thinking somewhere between you know the twenty five thousand to eighteen thousand dollar range. So I think we're definitely talking in the right ballpark here. And, yeah. Okay. Uh, awesome. Yeah, and like that's why you know a lot of people in these types of situations would probably obviously opt for something a little cheaper. But the thing is, at the end of the day, is how much how, how much it's going to cost you if you do some if you do it with somebody where they actually don't get it right and you don't end up hit, hitting your revenue models then you're just going to probably yeah. come back to me <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah no i i 100% think that you've got a great point there and you know in, investing in something that's going to generate a return is you know well worth it perfect yeah well let's uh i'll get a proposal going and, uh, you know, we can start having that back and forth. I look forward to working with you, hopefully. Incredible. Likewise. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you, Dalton. That was great. You did a great job. Of man. course. Of course. <laughs> Appreciate it. That was a kind of a long, drawn-out example of what I mean. Um, is really, you know, it doesn't really matter much about, obviously, there, I got, I know, I'm kind of going back in my head of how long it's going to take me and what's going to take me resources. Uh, but a lot of it is like, no, I think it's fair to, this is how kind of value-based pricing works is if I'm going to put something on the line, that's going to get you a lot of money. Um, then I think we should be talking, uh, proper cash. Um, fourth. Absolutely. So, yeah. No, that's actually a very unique way to, to do the pricing. I've actually, to be honest before you never really heard of value-based pricing to be quite honest but it, it makes sense mm-hmm. yeah it's something that's always excited me and i think it's huge for creatives because what happens is for example like the, that's the kind of the problem i've been seeing a lot and i've gone through the exact same thing was all right say my hourly rate is say 75 dollars. yeah that's how much i'm i'm worth right yeah and so what happens is you know a freelancer will get a job come in and they'll charge mm-hmm. the client $75 an hour. But they didn't charge any profit in those hourly workings. They right. just charged themselves at cost. And so what that's what leads to a lot of freelancer burnout is they end up trying to do all this work, trying to make money, but they're not actually putting any type of profit margin into their rates. Absolutely. And so Yeah, what, I guess that's a Really good point. Yeah, and so that's kind of what I find is like value-based pricing kind of naturally kind of builds that profit into it without you really have to think too much hard, too hard about it, and uh, it, it ultimately wins at the end of the day because our work really is worth a lot of money, um, and it's just about educating the public when they come to you. So, yep, a hundred percent. I think that's also 
a really good point that I'm sure a lot of creatives, because I've done a, a bit of tech freelancing myself and undervaluing your time, it, you will never feel more down or consider yourself stupid or low when you're halfway through a project and realize you're going to make no money. Mm-hmm. It was funny. I remember having a conversation with a pretty well-known designer uh, in North America and I actually ran, mm. in, ran into him at a conference and we're chatting and I told him how I had a dream of someday. This was probably three years ago now, but I really someday wanted to run my own agency, my own company. Right. And he was like, why? You would, you, you're not going to make any money. And I was like, mm. oh, is that, is that so interesting? Like, why he's like yeah I'm, i run my own agency I mean, we don't make any money like i just like doing the design work but like it's nothing crazy it's nothing you know glamorous and i thought that was interesting you know and i've i've kind of heard this rhetoric from d- other designers before and i started realizing it's like oh because you really don't know how to price yourself and you yeah. actually might be pricing yourself at cost and not building any profit into your cost yeah because there's always a way to make money. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the, the crucial part is obviously really trying to, uh, in, you know, dictate the conversation in a lot of ways when it comes to these things. And there's different ways that, you know, uh, that things can tend to come up because also clients obviously want to pay the least amount possible. And uh, and sometimes people can get offended when, you know, in their minds they're you're over overcharging. Well, that's what I was just going to ask you is, what type of success or failures have you had when you present the um, from like the proposal and it comes in a bit higher and you explain value-based pricing? Have you had people go, what the heck is that? Why can't you just charge me hourly? Or have people adopted to it quite well? Um, it's been a mixture of both. Uh, there's been people that just kind of get it and there's like, oh, actually like 90% of people are just like, oh, I'm down. I, this is what I'm going to be paying at the end of the project. Oh, I'm in like, mm. like hundred percent. Like they would rather they're getting a price. They're not getting an estimate. Right. Right. And so I was like, okay, right. mo- so it's more of an invoice. Exactly. It's like, okay, this is, I'm in. All right. And, and so it kind of takes that worry off their plate as well. And they can just work with you and focusing the project and getting it done and doing it well. But yeah, there has oh, been that, times I, where people I, have I been like, like that. yeah, there has been times where people have had the, had an issue with it of, I want to know your hours. I want to know how much you're working. I want to know this at the other. And I'm like, well, quite frankly, it doesn't really matter how it doesn't matter to you. It shouldn't matter to you how much I'm working as long as you're getting yeah. the result you're asking for. Am I correct? Oh, well, yeah. And I'm like, okay, then why are we worried about this? I'm about to, yeah, then you- we are on the same page. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm almost in some ways guaranteeing I'm going to make you a lot of money. Um, and if I don't, well, then we can have that conversation, but I'm, fairly confident that we're going to do very well. <laughs> and ah, so you, have you had a lot of people push for your hours, even though that's not how your business works? Yep. No, we definitely had, like, there have, I've had multiple of those conversations because it's just, that's just, especially in Halifax, um, that's just not how anything works, period. Like the, the industry doesn't work that way, let alone like a, a smaller city like Halifax, right? So there's a lot of confusion. Right. And so there's a lot of like those types of conversations have to happen. Then when you kind of talk through it, right. again, I said 90% of the time, there's like, oh, this makes total sense. Yeah, I'm down. I'm like, boom, sign me up. And there's other times where like they're just like, okay, well, you know, and I, and I just let them go. And that's for me. I'm I'm not worried to let people go. Um, I'm, I'm going to be fine. My family's going to be fed. 
I'm still having a roof over my head. Yeah. If I have, if I get the client or not, I just want to work with people I want to work with and who value my time and value what I do. Yep. I think that's important. I guess another question is, have you actually had to turn people down as you started your journey? And like, what does that look like? Especially in Halifax, where people are very much like, how dare you? A lot of people in the city also like to throw around the, you know, it's a small studio and I know a lot of people, this is going to ruin you. Are there people who have like, basically when you say you don't want to work with them that take it so personally, they're willing to almost try and destroy your business. Like, have you ever seen that? Um, I've never experienced it personally. I've seen it happen to other people. <laughs> um, right. But uh, no, I've never experienced that personally. And it's because the only way to, the only time where people start getting vengeful or frustrated is when you respond emotionally as well. And you raise your right. tone, you get frustrated, you say some things that you probably shouldn't have said. <laughs> and then that's where like yeah. the vengefulness comes from people. It's like, well, I can't believe you said that to me. You know, I'm taking them out versus just calmly explaining kind of where you're coming from. And, you know, and I would totally like kind of just saying just like this, like, I totally understand if you would, you know, want to try out the market in other places, you know, there are definitely cheaper options, yeah. you know, and I'd love for you, I would love to work with you, but. I just, this is my price. This is what I offer. Um, but there are others that could, that would charge less and you might find a better match with them. So. Right. And if, huh. pe if people, have, you know what? I, uh, I respect that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of, I find this as a huge key for me is because at that point people are like, when they realize you like aren't desperate for their work, their, their business, it's amazing how much more that attracts them to you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I know it's a, it's a wild time and going through it. And, uh, I, I've been enjoying the process of learning. Cause even when I first started out and I'm like, I know this is what I want to do. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do hours, but I like yeah. people kept saying, Oh, it sounds like you're doing value-based pricing. And I was like, yeah, sure. Let's run with that. That's the idea. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, but I never really could figure it out what I really, how I really wanted to attack it. Then finally things just started clicking for me. After I did, right. was doing more reading and doing listening um, to a lot of different people, but then as well as there's one designer who actually finally was starting to speak my language once upon a time, and it was in Chris Doe, and he okay. this is exactly how he does these things, um, and I was like, so I learned a lot from him as well, where he, you know, he's like kind of did some great lessons of how to approach value-based pricing, how to have those conversations, how to educate people on them. And how to get the, yeah. and how to get the money you're worth, right? So, wow. See, I because I mean personally on my end, I would prefer a value a value based price mm -hmm. because hourly. I mean, it's just it's open to being you're going to being screwed, right? Like really, um, especially from your talks on previous podcasts where you said you watch people you know, certain businesses in Halifax say, this is what's going to cost me to allocate this many hours. And then when push comes to shove, they don't even tell the clients that they're actually 50, 60 hours over budget and they're just going to bill them for it anyway. Mm -hmm. And like, to me, that's just, that's a, that's like a dirty play. Yeah. And, it, and it's, again, it's just stinks for everybody involved. Right. Cause again, you just like, you, then you have to have the talk. Uh, where everyone comes into yeah. a room and you have to, you know, everyone starts voicing their issues and, and it's always over money. And then like, and then you had an opportunity possibly to have a client renewal. Like, you know, you've set up their project. Now they maybe want you to maintain their project and maintain that aspect of their company. 
but now they're not going to yeah. because of this fight, right? Yeah. That, yeah, you can risk so much business based on one little thing. Exactly. You know, it, it just ruins relationships. And that's the biggest thing for me at the end of the day. It's like money's great. Don't get me wrong. I love money. Um, but relationships do mean a lot to me. And I very much rather t- Absolutely. I'd rather keep the relationship rather than, you know, get a handful of extra cash from somebody. So And that's just it. Especially I mean, I think there's also choosing people that once they, you know, build a work relationship with someone. I think they kind of forget the, the difference in dynamic once that happens. It doesn't need to be so transactional when they become like a partner in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, or likewise, you become a partner in theirs. Yeah. If, you, if it just makes them feel like a number or that, you know, they are replaceable, then they're going to pick you up on that. And therefore, they're not going to want to work with you. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big takeaway as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, hmm. it's, it's it's. And so you would say you've had pretty good success with your with your value based pricing, and you feel like as a business, it, it it does tend to be more profitable than a hourly pricing. Oh yeah, I definitely say so because, in a lot of ways, like you know, I I'm very efficient at what I do. Like I do a very good job with what I do, and um, and I do it quickly. Yeah. And so like, I'm like, I would never go hourly because I would, I'd be, you know, ripping myself off in a huge way, you know, right. where I'm doing work. That's literally, we're at the point where like, I've done work that's earned companies millions of dollars. Yeah. But they got, but they got my work for for $1,500. Like, I'm like, Oh, that doesn't really like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, I just yeah. provide you something of so much value and you paid next to nothing for it. Uh, no, that's just not going to, how I'm going to work. I, I'll guarantee you, guarantee you're going to make a lot of money. Um, but you're going to also pay the value of what that's worth. So. And to be honest, I think that's only fair. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is the stock market. You don't just get to pay, you know, the price it takes to buy the shares and reap the reward. You pay the price of the shares, which have a value. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, we'll see where uh, you know, I think you're really not doing anything astronomical here. You're really just asking for fair value. Mm-hmm. No, that's all it is. I guess the biggest thing is, is there's a lot of businesses that they don't want to pay fair value. They want to pay as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it really depends. Like, it was interesting. I, I saw one example where this guy was more so a... um he was doing logo design branding and stuff. Right. And okay. What what he would do, it was interesting when clients would come back to him saying, you know, Oh man, that's too expensive. He would ask like, okay, where's like, where's this logo going to be going on? And they went through like all of their, the things that'd be printed on the huge signs that would be going on, um, the letterheads, the other, right. And he was like, okay, so that's like, that's probably like, we're talking about multi-millions of dollars that like that of printing. Right. And they're just like, yeah. And he was like, okay, so if you went to somebody cheaper and they made a mistake, how much would that cost you in all this printing, in all the printing? And uh, there's like, oh, well, like, yeah, like that'd be millions of dollars we'd have to redo and then also pay to get the logo redone. And he's like, okay. So you don't, do you think my X, my number X is, is worth that? Is worth not having to go down that path? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
you know, and, uh, and that's, it's the same thing with me. Like, yeah, I'm still kind of more in the digital realm right now, but it's a lot of the same thing. Like, what if you, what if someone totally screws up the user experience and it's not just one screen that's messed up and you can't figure it out. It's now like, Oh no, there's a whole flow that we just don't know how to attack now. And now you got to go out and try to send out RFPs and go through all that process again. And you just keep costing your company huge money rather than it being done properly the first time and never have to go back. So, you know, it's like interesting. What was it? The, I still got to look into it because I know it was brought up on our podcast a few episodes ago um, with uh, Sean Menzies. And, um, and he was talking about the hundred million dollar button. Yeah. You know, and it it was one change that won a company a hundred million dollars. So that's, that's even interesting, right? It's like, okay, if you made a button change again, it's the smallest thing you changed the literally changed the location where this button was. And now it's, you know, a hundred million dollar difference. Yeah. That's where the fight really begins. Right. It's like, totally. I saw what you did. All you did was this. He's like, yeah, but you didn't see the expertise and the calculations going on in my mind. So, you know, even just asking for $500,000 of that hundred million, I think is totally fair. <laughs> huh? Right. It's just like, because I mean, yeah, that, that change made them a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, so are you going to pay the value of what that was? Or are you going to get caught up in the effort you think that took? Yeah, because the effort to move a button effectively is nil. Like, there's no, mm-hmm. none. Yeah, and if you... But no one else could have brought that value. Exactly, because your team couldn't, and you guys were losing out $100 million a year. Like... Now it's going to cost you five hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and you're still getting hundred million dollars a year. Like it's just like, you know, it's. I think it's. You know, these, we're talking about big numbers right now, obviously, but I think they're fair numbers at the same time. Yeah, it's all scale, right? Mm-hmm. So exactly. So, but that's yeah, the absolutely. problem is a lot of people, at least designers, get really caught up in. Oh man, like they they beat down their own wallets, right? You know, like they'll kind of go through the numbers and realize, oh man, like, oh, that's, that's a little high. I don't know if I should charge that. And it's like, well, how much do I need to like to live on? And they start kind of just whittling down their own number before they even get to the client. And they just, they, they rob themselves of all kinds of cash. Right. And, uh, we just get so much inside our own heads that we lose ourselves a lot of cash, which is unfortunate. But yeah, man. Value-based pricing uh, versus like that, hourly. Lovely. Yeah, I, I got to say, yeah, hourly, I've never been a big fan of hourly pricing, but mm-hmm. specifically when it's seen compared to that, it makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. It's even interesting too, like even as a designer, right? Like I'm curious of what the, and it's funny, how, how what the hours are of how much it costs you to, in terms of time, to keep track of time. I also... I'm was I was always so bad at keeping track of time. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, I th- and then I that's not that fair to the client. Minutes. Yeah, it's never fair to the client, right? It's like I think I did that. Right, for no, nothing in hourly is ever fair to the client because mm-hmm. oh, it was fifteen. Well, maybe it was twenty. I'm obviously going to bill twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm not sure if it was fifteen or twenty, and most business people are going to pick twenty because it's more money, right? And and the client is owed an accurate tracking. So if you can't accurately track it, you shouldn't be working hourly. Exactly. Yeah, definitely not. And that that that, that person's me. Like I'm so bad at tracking time. Like 
yeah it's totally, an awful totally. lot and i hate it and it's just it's again it's just such an awkward burden to carry it's obnoxious mm-hmm. so yeah man that's uh that's all i have to say about that it was kind of something i was it was a hot take i went on today and i was like you know what i think i want to talk about this on the podcast tonight so totally what is it right now what is it no nuance november going around on tiktok so oh yeah make sure yeah. no nuance hot november. take without with no contact oh baby i uh yeah dude i'm all about it I'm 100% all in, man. So it's a nice short one for the homies tonight. So Absolutely, but very informational. I think it, for anyone listening who is, you know, trying to build a brand for themselves and wondering, you know, what type of model should I use, I think you made a very good case as to why it really doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So um, oh. I think that's very important. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And we uh, thank all of you who are joining in tonight. Uh, we're very grateful that you took the time to listen. Uh, however you're listening to this, whether it be, you know, sitting at home. Or still sitting at home. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, you're still sitting at home. However you listen to this, we hope you enjoy Wherever it. Wherever you are. We're out.